Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. I'm Lucy and that's Alice. Hi everyone. And that's Lola. So much more than what you see. We all live our lives differently. Kaleidoscope identity. And this is who I'm meant to be. I'm just labelled me. I'm just labelled me. is our very first episode we're very excited it's exciting this they've let us have a microphone and a podcast and everything i mean you say let us we we went out and bought that it's just that nobody has stopped us so far nobody, nobody has stopped us this could be a this could be a terrible <laughs> terrible decision no but yeah it, it'll be fine it'll be fine <laughs> yeah well I, I i'm sure it won't end in huge disaster yeah <laughs> tears probably <laughs> so what we wanted to talk to you guys about today was we just wanted to give you a little bit of an idea about kind of who we are and what we want to get out of the podcast you know where it's kind of coming from for us so I don't know Lucy do you fancy starting off by telling us about why you wanted to get a podcast started and sort of you know how you got into it it was during the lockdown um, of 2020 where um, there was not a lot going on. I was going a bit stir crazy uh, because I wasn't going out of the house. I was shielding. Um, and I thought, I've for ages, I've been wanting to do a podcast. I was on hospital radio about three years ago. I've got lots of experience of radio. And I wanted to, I've always thought, oh, I'd be really good on a podcast. I'd be really good on a podcast. But I've always thought, oh, it's so much work to do on your own. You know, it's that kind of, I don't know whether I can manage it on my own. Um, toyed with the idea for five minutes, shelved it. Toyed with the idea, shelved it. When the lockdown happened, I thought, do you know what? I'm going to really start and investigate this. So I put a little tweet out on Twitter that said, uh, would anybody be interested in a in a podcast that was surrounding disability not asking for a co-host just putting the feelers out to see if i get anybody to listen in enters alice who said uh, i just stuck my um, nose in didn't i and i went did you uh, want to do a podcast because i want to do a podcast yeah, yeah. i so <laughs> i've been i've been listening to podcasts i'm a big podcast fan i like her I like a podcast than a gin while I'm in the bath, but I've not yep. really listened to anything kind of disability related. What I listen to is kind of comedy, true crime, uh, history, which was a nice, me and Lucy didn't uh, sort of found out that we got that in common, um, which we, which was an, a nice surprise for us, you know, to learn that we don't just yes, have disability and an ability to talk too much um, in common. <laughs> we do talk a lot. Yeah, I think you, it's fine. That's what you need to be able to do to do it to be a, a podcaster but i think i i imagine yeah, our families yeah, are both definitely. really glad that we found each other because we can just talk at each other and not talk at them all the time now <laughs> we've got an outlet <laughs> yeah yeah so i'd been i'd been listening to podcasts and stuff and i'd just kind of gone i think like lucy it was lockdown the first lockdown of god knows how many i just thought i was listening to stuff and i thought i could do this like i'm i'm interesting i had i think it probably coincided with the fact that i also 
I've been dipping in and out of Twitter for years. And then during lockdown, you know, not seeing anybody and stuff like that, I I kind of started spending more and more time on Twitter and realized how much of a sort strong disabled community there is on Twitter. Um, you know, which I really didn't realize before. Uh, and so, yeah, I sort of thought, well, there's a very strong disabled community out there. But although I do think there are some, you know, it is a little bit insular. It is it's it's disabled people talking to disabled people? And I thought it would be really nice to try and open this up yeah. and these conversations up to other people. Um, and so I thought having a podcast with somebody else that I can kind of talk to these things about with. Uh, would be a really good option so when I saw Lucy's tweet I was like oh I, like this is absolutely something I'd be interested in and I went away and was talking to my husband about it and he went well why don't you just see if she wants to do it with you because I think he'd been sick of me going oh I don't know who to ask and nobody wants to help me and he was like why don't you go bother <laughs> this lady on the internet he's gonna be such a good parent I'm so lucky just be like go, go talk to someone online leave me alone <laughs> So, we, I basically put some ideas together. Well, I, an idea that I'd got floating around in my head. Um, and then Alice said, well, this is my idea. And I, and then she said the magic words, I think we can find some middle ground. <laughs> so, I took a bit out of mine. She took a bit out of hers. And together, we created the labelled podcast. Yeah, it was what we were both like. You really liked the idea of having guests on. I really liked the idea of having guests on. And I think we just sort of wanted to, you you wanted to hear people's stories. I wanted to talk about kind of the the ideas behind stereotyping and labels and things like that. And it sort of just melded quite nicely together. I think it did. So we had a yeah. we had a Skype meeting, got to know one another, which I think was meant to be an hour, and actually ended up being two. <laughs> Sounds about right. My mom, my mom actually said when I came off the phone, off Skype from you, she said you did an awful lot of the talking. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> After that call, I went off to my husband and I went, I think this could go really well, <laughs> but when guests might struggle to get a word in edgeways between the <laughs> two of us. It is something we're learning. So the early episodes, you might hear us interrupting one another all the time until we get the knack of um a system of let me speak let me speak <laughs> it's it's a hard one because because i'm uh visually impaired like we can't really use a ver like a visual signal like no. lucy can't stick her hand up and be like i've got something to say yeah so essentially what just happens is i keep talking until lucy interrupts me and then i shut up for a bit and then i go oh is it my turn again <laughs> <laughs> which is why we've got our editor to do the job for us We ended up sort of having a few chats over Skype and then a few days later, a few weeks later, not days, we had to sort of talk about names of podcasts because we got, you know, everything sort of, once we got a name that we then needed the artwork, once we got the artwork, we could then start making the forms and stuff. So it all sort of gradually 
moved along at a quick pace once the name was all sorted. Um, but we came up with so many names. I'd wake up in the morning after after Alice had had one of her bouts of insomnia, and she'd go, "What about this name? What about this? What about?" I'd be I'd be there on my phone like three o'clock in the morning on the online thesaurus, just like, "Oh, that's a good word. That's a good word. That word means the same as this word. What about this?" And random combinations of things, and and I really liked. I really like wordplay. I really like puns and wordplay. I'm not particularly good at them myself, but no. whenever I see them, I'm like, oh, I love this. <laughs> so I tried to I tried to come up and I came up with some pretty terrible ones of those as well. One of the names that we came up with was um, Pigeonhole. There was a lot of talk about pigeons at one point. Uh, typecast, which we then discovered was a podcast about actors and script writing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so and that was the thing. Lucy would come up with an idea and I'd be like, oh, I really, really like that. And I'd like start thinking about it and start sort of getting carried away with it. And then I'd be like, oh, just Google. Oh, no, that's a podcast already. We can't have that one. Because <laughs> I, did, um, I didn't Google any podcast. I just came up with names like <laughs> Name Making Machine. We knew we wanted to talk about labels and society's perceptions of people. So Alice said, well, why don't we just call it labeled? But spell labeled as in you know, with Abel in the title. Yeah, because what I wanted to do was I wanted to, I can remember being really like, it sounds really pompous and just I'm I'm not proud of myself for sounding like quite such a dick, but I was, I can remember saying to my husband, oh, I really want to, you know, like interrupt the labels here. I really want us to be kind of interrogating this word for what it really means and <laughs> and visually, you know, really disrupting these negative stereotypes. And uh, and that was where the kind of, you know, able is it is a part of the word disabled and this is a podcast about disability, but it is also there's a lot of uh, kind of conflicting opinions on phrases about ability mm-hmm. within the disabled community. And and I think that that was something, you know, I wanted to take advantage of that to be like, well, you know, because I, I appreciate the, there's a lot of people, and I, I'm personally one of them, I don't particularly like the phrase differently abled. But I understand what people are trying to get at when they say it. And so it was sort of, I wanted to take that intention and sort of poke fun at it a little bit and use it to kind of make our point about the labels. Yeah. So that's what led us to lab-led. Lab-led, as, uh, <laughs> as it's phonetically spelled. So, yeah, so, we, and then we decided we, we, we wanted to talk about the sort of content that we were going to make within the podcast, because it's all right saying, oh, I've got a podcast, and you think, well, what are we going to do within that? hour and five minutes of a podcast every week um and we want and it is i mean it is kind of just us chatting shit for an hour yeah we've just but it's different people with a theme as well <laughs> yeah so um we wanted to t- we want to talk to uh people who've got chronic illnesses and disabilities um about their lives and what they have managed to achieve maybe in life despite being labelled by society as disabled, you know, I've got cerebral palsy, I'm blind, I'm deaf, 
got autism, whatever the label may be, we wanted to, to show the other side of that label that just because society has this view of you, it doesn't mean to say it should stop you from doing anything. Anything is possible and it might be slightly different, but you can achieve it, I think. Yeah. But without sounding too inspirational and, oh, isn't it wonderful, we are basically just stripping it all, stripping all that fluff back and saying, yeah, I'm disabled. I also, you know, have done X, Y, Z. I think it's about, you know, trying to shine a bit of a spotlight on these labels and going, well, I'm also a human. And actually, how do... How do I identify? How do I label myself? Not how does society label me? Because I think that's the biggest issue. I think it's a um, it's my cover thing on Twitter. A quote by an author whose name I now can't remember. I want to say Tony Collette, but I'm pretty sure that's an actress. Yes, Um, never mind. (laughs) But it's something. (laughs) It's something like definitions are for the definers not the defined yeah and again that's a little bit like up itself and a sort of a a, like slightly snobby way of saying it but the point still stands is that people you know people who look at us and go we're disabled you're disabled that means you can't do x y and z that's their definition of it and what we wanted to kind of do was go well what does disability mean to people in that community and what does the what the expectation society puts on us and the way that they represent us mm. what does how does that actually impact on the people experiencing it and living it yeah because to me i was born with my disability alice i know you were so i've got cerebral palsy and i was born with cerebral palsy i have never known any difference so to me this is my normal life i've not had to adjust i've not had to get used to anything this is just the way it is and so my life has been built around the fact that all right lucy's in a wheelchair but she's also going to do you know people are people are still to this day surprised that i go to work they're surprised that i managed to put makeup on my face which as Alice will testify, it's not all the time, just when on special occasions. Um, but they're always like, oh, wow, your makeup is so lovely. And I'm like, yeah. But, and, you know, and it's like silly little things that people go, oh, that's so brilliant. It's just so brilliant. And I'm thinking, what, what? You know, like, oh, I'm learning to cook, for instance. And I go, oh, I think it's so brilliant you made your own tea. And I'm like, yes, it's it's been absolutely knackering, but it's not you've made your tea, haven't you? It's the same. Mm. And and when people call me the I word, so inspiration, often I will say that you know I'll say, well, yeah, I'm often curious as to why people call me an inspiration. You know, because have I inspired you because of my the work I do, the the podcast I've got, which we've got a podcast now, Alice. Um, <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> you know that kind of is it that sort of thing? Is it is it something completely unrelated to my disability? That's fine. If I inspire you, that's fine. But I don't want to be this inspiration just because I am in a wheelchair and I've then 
got these perceived difficulties because what what it looks difficult to somebody else isn't necessarily difficult for me well and you know what I always think as well is I think like whether you've got a disability or a health issue or whatever if there's something you really really want to do if you know sometimes you you just do it and it's not like it's not like people are quite often surprised that I'm so into reading I love reading I love books I love words oh but she can't say how does she read yeah it's like well I I may you know it means I probably spend more money on books because I have to buy audiobooks or it takes me longer to read a book because I have to use a little handheld thing to go through an actual print book but I love it so it's worth it and it might knacker me out and it might make my eyes like give me eye strain or whatever but there is for me that's a thing that I I would put the work in for I would rather do that than not do it because I love it so much regardless of my disability Hmm. and I think I think as well it'll be it'll be quite interesting to see other people's opinions on our viewpoint so you know what I think about disability and the the labels and words that people use to describe me other people I know won't agree with and people listening probably not everybody's going to agree with us and I think it well that'll be quite it's going to be a learning curve for both of us really I mean I am in my 30s so I've have I've always been around disability in some way shape or form um so I like to think I know quite a lot about it but the reality of the the reality of it is I don't know everything as much as I proclaim to be an expert I'm not I because because the nature of my disability I I quite I sort of think of myself I'm a bit of a noob into the sort of disabled community because I pass quite easily and just but not through any sort of not on purpose particularly but my friends and my social circle and you know I always went to mainstream schools and stuff like that Mm. I don't have a great deal of friends who have got very visible disabilities Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me there um, I am definitely still learning you know being the great thing for me about disability Twitter is on a daily basis I'm going oh that's interesting I never thought of it like that even Mm. um something i can remember really early on in lockdown some seeing a tweet of somebody that just said can hearing people stop saying that they'd rather die than not be able to hear music because that basically says says to me yeah. you i sh- i'd rather be dead yeah. than have my hearing impairment and you know somebody who loves words like music and lyrics they really they've really moved me in the past and they mean a lot to me and so I've absolutely had the had the feelings behind that kind of sentiment of I can't imagine I'd rather be dead and Mm. I probably in my ignorance said it but to to then look at it from the perspective of somebody who is hearing impaired to go god I'd I would absolutely 
rather be alive and not have ever heard any fucking Taylor Swift than be dead. <laughs> of course. If that, these are the options. But you just don't... I think there is an ignorance because people aren't exposed to these things. And mm. I think that was, you know, I was... That was the first time I was exposed to that kind of concept. And I went, fuck. Mm. I'd never realised that I'd thought that kind of that I had I'd been that ignorant for me it, it, sometimes it's the most it's the off the cuff sort of stuff that you think that it's not when it's said at the time because at the time you go yeah I was once at a party this is going to sound really weird but Alice you know how I am full of weird stories because <laughs> you go you have led some weird life um, <laughs> but I was once at a party with it was a it was a family family friends party type thing and often at the it was about this time of year so round about normally when we're not in a lockdown situation and we are allowed to socialize and go and you know hug people uh we would go round to friends houses and they would come to us and we'd have a party and a few drinks and some nibbles and the this family friends of ours we're not really that friendly with them anymore not because of this incident but it's just you know things happen um we so i was there at this party and i am often at these parties like the queen i turn up look interested make small talk eat their food and go home do you do you do the way i i have sort of perfected like hi sort of way. <laughs> So I'm sat there at this party. Now, when I am at parties, I strategically place myself in equal distance between the food, the booze, and the loo, right? So I am in the corner. Like, I can pick out a spot in a room. I'm sitting there and I'm not moving. Um, and the vicar of the village was at this party. And, of course, I'm there in my chair, unable to run away or move away because I've obviously selection of my spot and i'm not moving for hell or high water i'm near the, <laughs> the, the twiglets do you know what i mean not moving for hell no. or high water or priest <laughs> <laughs> no way so anyway he comes over and i making small talk and we end i end up basically i don't know why basically because he's asking questions about you know my life what you know where i went to school what i wanted to do with my was about 16 17 what i want to do in my life blah, 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 and all this stuff and he's by this point he's knelt down by the side of me so we're at sort of proper talking height for a disabled person rather than me i'm just can i just can i can i just interrupt what are your feelings on that on um, people getting down to your level like that is it yeah i don't mind it I, so long as you talk to me i don't know i don't mind whether you're stood up crouched down stood on your head i'd rather you talk to me than stare Going back to the vicar at the party, he basically was, he must have been crouched down for about two hours. At some point, I did start to worry about his back because I was like, he's been <laughs> down here for an awful long time. Um, and then I went, I, um, he, he stood, stood up and before I, before I left, he said, well, it's been really uh, interesting to talk to you, Lucy. Thank you so much. I said, yeah, 
yeah, no, no, no problem. And I'm thinking I've done my bit for disability awareness there. I've opened his eyes on life with a disability. And he turned around and he said, because, you know, one thing you've got to take away from this is the fact that when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. I've always thought about that phrase. If, if life, if life gave me lemons, I'd be much more inclined to like make bits of lemon to go in my G and T. Exactly. Eases like, the pain. Yeah. <laughs> what's this? What's everybody's obsession with lemonade? Like mm. it's and and I think you know it's that's kind of the point, isn't it? Is it's, yeah you you're you're going oh well being in a wheelchair that's obviously your lemons yes well actually if being in a wheelchair is your lemon you might not want to make lemonade you might want to be like fuck you i'm going to have eight gins with this lemon (laughs) Uh, yes please um (laughs) where's that subscription box because i've not i've not got it yet Um, but it's like, and the whole thing about people making assumptions about me and about my disability. So there are people that believe that if I am sad, I must be sad because I'm in a wheelchair. When in fact, there's a whole heap of other issues that could cause me to be sad and do often cause me to be sad. And my disability is the last on the list of the things that are making me sad. In fact, sometimes it's not even on the list. You know, I get stressed out and stuff about stuff that has got nothing to do with my disability. But there are times where you do get to that headspace and it doesn't happen very often. Once about every five years, I completely lose the plot. It's not happened for a while, so we're all right. But um, Does that mean we're due one? Well, possibly. <laughs> about three years away, I reckon. Oh, um, all right then. We're, 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 way, we're way off mark. Um, but so something will happen, so I'll get very, very stressed and worked up and anxious because my CP doesn't cope with stress. I don't cope with stress very well. And then something else will happen, something else will happen. So it's like two or three things. And then the stress gets catastrophic. And then I get the fed up feeling of, and on top of that, I can't walk. Do you know what I mean? But that's when the pity party sets in. So I have an evening of it where I completely get cross about everything with everybody. I get really annoyed, really cross, really shouty. And then I tell people what the matter is. And some people will go, so they'll go, what's the matter? So I tell them in great detail what the matter is. This has happened, this has happened, this has happened, and I can't walk. And people will go, oh, all right, what's up with it? Now, most of the time, 99.9% 99.9% of the time, I'm happy, smiley, you know, accommodate. And I, that just makes me worse. When people go, oh, what's up with her? And I'm thinking, I can't walk. I can't walk. That's what the problem is. But then like, I go to sleep. I have a gin. It's fine. I cheer myself up and we're all right. It's like sometimes it just reaches boiling point. Do you know what I mean? You think, I can't, I can't cope anymore. I just need to shut the door, go away. Nobody speak to me. I can't do positive and I can't do positive for about a week and then I'm all right. And it's fine because I think as well, we have a lot, I, disabled people in general, I think, have to deal with so much shit. Non-disabled people don't realise, don't see. 
you know, you get the off the cuff comment, the ableism, the casual ableism that you don't actually realize realize is ableism until you get home and you're getting into bed, and you think actually that was a shitty thing to do, or um, the off the cuff comment that at the time you laugh at, and then you think actually I'm not very happy about that, that kind of thing. And I think after a while it wears. Every time something like that happens, it's like it's like a being like a chip, a chip away, a chip away, a chip away, and all of a sudden the crack gets bigger. And when the crack gets bigger, you tend to lose it. I do lose it a bit, but I'm all right about it. It's not that you know my disability makes me sad. It's just you think, oh, for God, here we go. It's interesting to hear you talk about you know, those kind of off the, off the cuff comments and how they can have an impact on you. And mm. it, it goes back, I think, to something as well that I I mentioned earlier about that sort of not not realising your own ignorance and not thinking about the, the things that you say and how they might impact on other people. Because, you know, everybody lives in their own bubble. Mm. Um like I am I'm very conscious uh, it was something I sort of wanted to talk to you about uh, actually on on the show um so we've got this isn't the first episode we've recorded guys no. this is um we've had a few practice sessions yeah um <laughs> where we did and what we did was uh one of the early on ones was I sort of interviewed Lucy about her CP and her disabled identity and asked her a little bit about it and she was talking to me about you know being a wheelchair user and in I don't I don't want to make an excuse and say it was uh sort of anxiety or excitement at doing a podcast or it was you know I just have to hold my hands up and say it was ignorance and I wasn't really thinking but I said I said to Lucy oh as a person who can walk the idea of sitting down all the time sounds amazing and it's there's a lot to uh, to unpack here I think for me because one of the things that's really I I didn't even realize I'd said that until my husband heard the recording and went how did Lucy feel about you saying that and I was like what do you mean he was like well because it's it's a pretty shitty thing to say and my husband is not disabled (laughs) and so for him to notice it and to sort of be aware I mean for one it just shows how lucky I am to have a husband who is so kind of empathetic and observant but it really drove home it sort of shocked me because I was like hold on I'm supposed to be a disabled person I'm supposed to be aware of other people's needs and things like that and it, it wasn't until it got pointed out to me by him that it was such a shitty thing to say and so uh, this is a uh, very long around the house's way of saying <laughs> I wanted to call myself out for it, Lucy. And I wanted to really say, I'm really sorry for saying that to you. It was a shitty thing to say. Bless you. And I want to, I want to apologize like to any of our listeners as well who hear it. And because we're not going to edit it out of the show, because I think it's important to keep stuff like that in mm. because I, I want anybody who listens to the show to realize that, you can everybody makes mistakes even people who are disabled and in that community and that what we're trying to do here is is make a safe space where people can come on and talk and if you say something 
that other people find offensive or disagree with this should be a a space where people can explore those things and people can hold their hands up and say that's i fucked up i shouldn't have done that and i am i am genuinely i'm sorry and i'm ashamed of myself for doing it and but i can tell you it's made me much more aware and it's going to make me think more critically about what I say and ultimately if that means that I'm actively thinking more when I move forward you know then it's a good thing I'm just sorry that you had to be my kind of guinea pig test (laughs) subject for me to learn that listen it's absolutely fine I I appreciate your apology thank you very much um however I think it's very important to pick on what you just said there Alice right we are podcast heads we've never hosted a podcast before in our lives we it's not like being on the radio where there's a big red light on the wall going you're on the air do not swear do not swear in fact i think i might get one installed in the room where i do the podcast because it might make me more aware of don't say things that are going to offend people but i think as well because it's more of a conversational format and we do get a bit more relaxed. Do you know what I mean? We're not, mm. you're not, you have got that conscious, oh God, watch what you're saying, watch what you're saying all the time. Well, and I think what I don't, I don't want either of us or anybody who comes on to be thinking, I want to watch what I say, no. because then you're never going to get situations like the, that one where you go, you say something and then afterwards go, shit that was probably really offensive to people Mm -hmm. like i actually this is a space where people need to be able to come on and just verbal diarrhea exactly and our guests and our listeners need to be able to kind of in a constructive way you know i don't want people getting trolled and stuff but this should be a place i want this to be a place where people can go actually i think you should be a bit more aware of the language you're using because x y and z yeah it's constructive feedback we're after, isn't it, really? Rather than yeah. calling us from a picture to a dog just because we accidentally said something. Because I don't think we set up this podcast to shock and offend. No. That wasn't our, that isn't and will never be our mission. Um, but like we said, we don't know everything. Me and Alice do not know everything. And so there will be times when we say things that might actually don't really fit, sit very well. Um, Mm. But what our listeners have to know, and I hope that they do grow to understand us and know that we are, we're not those types of people. If we say something, it's not out of, we're not doing it on purpose. We're not doing it out of malice. It's just that we don't know any better. So if we do say something that is upsetting or you're not happy with, then just let us know and we will more than happily correct it and apologize, you know? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think it's a difficult one because I think as disabled people ourselves, we are constantly educating other people and it is exhausting and it is frustrating to have to be constantly teaching people. And so I can definitely understand how there are going to be some people listening to this going, well, why should we have to educate you? Why don't can't you go away and learn for yourself? And there is definitely an element of you know, I'm certainly going to try and do that. And I, and, but there are also, you know, it's hard to know what to read and what to learn about because 
everything is in a way that stuff is subjective so i would just say you know be patient with us and be constructive and if we say something please don't be afraid to call us out and you know if you send us a tweet or an email be careful because we might invite you on to go let's talk about this more so you know be be prepared to put your money where your mouth is be careful what you wish for really to be fair (laughs) it's never our intention to upset or offend anybody and we know how you know the disability community is very finely balanced it's like a two-sided coin um you got people who are really proud to be disabled and will are will use language that I am not necessarily, I or Alice are not necessarily comfortable with, but we won't ever stop them. We won't ever, you know, if they call themselves a certain word that we are not happy with, if they call themselves that certain word, who are we to say, you shouldn't actually say that? Well, I mean, that's one of the things that's so, that is so objective about any kind of identity. You know, Mm. I was, I was brought up by able-bodied non-disabled parents in a very non-disabled sort of community and sphere Mm. and so for me the word blind has always been something I've associated with hospitals and you know charities sending loads of stuff out and it's not it's not a positive word and yet um I've been listening to some other disabled podcasts in an attempt to try and sort of improve my knowledge. And there's this great podcast um, by these two American ladies who I believe are called Cassie and Cassandra or Casey and Cassandra. Mm. Um, And they both have a rare eye condition uh, that also gives causes albinism. And they had a really interesting conversation in one of their quite early episodes about uh, phrases like partially sighted, visually impaired, um, because they say that in, in a lot of ways, those words are inaccessible is not really the right term, but they don't translate very well outside of the disabled and blind community. Um, you know, if I were to say to somebody I'm visually impaired, it, those those words don't necessarily immediately make clear what my disability is and what my needs are and so they were sort of talking about you know it's generally considered to be the the blind community and if we're calling it blind community well for somebody who has you know I've got a reasonable amount of sight still so I wouldn't identify myself as totally blind but actually a phrase like partly blind or partially blind is a way of including myself in a positive way in that a sort of corner of the disabled community but also having a nice clear label that I can share with people outside of that community says this is who I am and what my needs are and that is clearly understandable for somebody who mm. hasn't got any blindness it's like mm. when, when people say oh um I've got a mobility impairment well that what does mm. does that mean I walk with a stick does that mean I walk with a relator or can walk a bit and then I have to stop and sit down or can I not walk at all? The reality of it is, is that that phrase mobility impairment, it, may, it almost, when somebody says, oh, she's got a mobility impairment, it almost invites more questions, more probing questions. 
I no, I can I can absolutely I can see where you're coming from with that. And I suppose it's it's about how you want to present yourself ultimately, isn't it? If you want to go to somebody and say, I have a mobility impairment and they then are and and it is the sort of thing that opens people up to questions if you then don't want people to ask you questions i mean i'm not saying at all that you shouldn't be defining yourself as mobility impaired because if that's what you want to call yourself and then when people go oh what does that mean you can turn around and go use your brain i've got a fucking mobility impairment sod off i don't want to talk to you anymore yeah or you can go this is what i mean by mobility impaired it's it is entirely up to you Mm. but this is the thing about labels and the thing about language is that there is that it is subjective in a lot of ways it's open to interpretation it depends on the experiences that you you know for lots of people within the blind community blind has never been a scary aggressive word whereas it is something I'm after 30 years of blindness only beginning to kind of come to terms with I can remember finding it really hard when I was a teenager Mm. to be identified as at my school my I was not the only girl called Alice in my class there was another girl named Alice in my class we both had to tell me they're going to call you Alice the blind one other Alice was an I wish her all the best in her life. She was incredibly anxious. She was ginger, bless her, and very pale and very freckly, and so, and would was so anxious that if teachers asked her to speak in class, she would cry. Yeah, I had a, I had somebody in my class that would cry, and I, I you know, and we, we this this was right through until we were sixteen, right? Um, and you know, I I hope to God that she's got some kind of confidence and is feeling more secure in herself now Mm -hmm. but looking back as a 13 14 year old girl that those are very strong striking um identifiers Mm -hmm. and yet whenever I was somebody was trying to talk about me or other Alice it was blind Alice it was never ginger Alice it was never Alice who cries it was because for them, my blindness was a stronger identifier. And and I think there's a there's more to it than that. You know, I was bullied quite badly because I think people saw my disability and my needs for kind of extra care and support at school mm. um, as, you know, everybody as a teenager is really insecure and it's that kind of pack mentality of you look for the weak one and being disabled they found that I was the weak one and so Mm. I was the one that they hunted down so so yeah going back to what I was saying blind for me it's taken a long time for me to actually lose the connotations the negative connotations that that word had for me and start Mm. going actually you know I am blind I am I do have blindness my husband has this t-shirt that says I left somebody with blindness to the moon and back and he bought it like it's a charity thing he bought it to to support some charity and it's it's and he wears it with pride and I've I know and I've never gone (laughs) oh I'm not going out the house with you dressed like that (laughs) I've been I have been conscious of him wearing it 
and it wasn't is it almost like you want to go that yeah she's not talking about me (laughs) (laughs) as i walk down the street with my sunglasses and my guide dog (laughs) i don't know who's fucking talking about it's his mistress um I it wasn't until a couple of weeks ago that I sort of he was stood behind I was sitting down he was stood behind me wearing it and I poked him in the bit where it says blindness and I went well who's that then and he went oh I don't know some gobby cat or something like that (laughs) and it was just I am only coming recently coming to that point of going yeah actually blindness is something I have and that's okay Mm. so this is the thing about the labels we attach to ourselves and the labels other people attach to us, they mean different things for different people. And so, you know, as Lucy said, we're never going to correct people for terms they use about themselves. No. But I think it's really important to be aware of the terms that you use about other people yeah. and not to assume that just because you're comfortable with a term doesn't mean that somebody with the same condition or in the same circumstances as you is going to be comfortable with that term exactly I think that's very important thing to say because you know it's I mean I call myself the worst names you could possibly think of and it but it's in a jokey well-meant manner you know um and I take no offense to it because I I call my even as a joke I'll call myself you know words that other people would go (gasps) And how often when I've overheard it gone, you can't say that. You know, if my friends are calling me the the name that I would call myself, they go, you can't say that. Yeah, you, yeah, I can because she's fine with it, you know. So it's not that we will ever, we never set out to cause offence. We never set out to hurt anybody, to upset anybody. But you have to understand that the people that we are talking to are coming at it from a different viewpoint towards us. That's basically our disclaimer, isn't it, <laughs> to be fair? Yeah, and I think I think you know you've got to you've also got to put out there that what we want with this podcast is it to be a relaxed kind of people having a chat, people being open. Yeah. Um, and there is going to be an element of you know bants is bants. Yeah. And and so sometimes if I if if I say something, I feel as though I can say things about myself to do with my blindness that are okay Mm -hmm. and there are things that i can say about lucy to do with her being a gobby cow that are okay (laughs) but absolutely but i probably should be a bit more careful about the things i say about her using a wheelchair because i don't have that lived experience to be able to comment on it however as a fellow gobby cow I have got that lived experience to be able to be like, Lucy, shut up. It's my turn to talk. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so I just, I, we just wanted to address that point. We know that it's a very important point to make. Um, and we are aware that we are raising our heads above the parapet. Not everybody's going to like us, but that's life, isn't it? Not everybody likes you in life. Not everybody will like this podcast. It's just something that. Well, and, you know, the internet is usually such a safe, friendly place where oh, everybody is so just, nice to each other. Isn't it just? It's uh, such a wonderful world. Um, well, and, and I think, you know, this is one something that we want to keep, we're going to keep doing and we're going to keep kind of, you know, we're in a lot of ways probably going to be covering the same ground in episode after episode because what we want to do in this show is explore these different labels and interrogate where they come 
from and came from and mm. what they mean to different people because you know that's like lucy i mentioned i mentioned the differently abled uh phrase earlier and i'm not not yeah. a fan <laughs> but again i it's i think it's an interesting one because it does it does dis, it does sort of take the focus off of your disability and actually my disability is a huge part of who i am my needs are a huge part of almost any interaction with me mm. but if you separate you know if you look at the at the actual structure of a word like disabled it does mean not abled if you look at and disabled in the dictionary it's it, it's one step away from calling us absolute rubbish garbage throw it away mm. um, so i can understand some people wanting to mm. use phrases like differently abled because one of the things that we said up the top of this show is that just because you've got a disability doesn't mean you can't do stuff yeah we are living proof that we can do stuff and we have very fulfilling active lives that all right we may have grown to a halt at the moment because of... i was gonna say active's a stretch <laughs> yeah, at the moment maybe not i might be going into my pajamas after we record this episode you never know um but it's yeah you know when in normal times normal being the operative word i am very active in my community i work go to work i do all sorts of stuff that isn't necessarily related to disability do you know what i mean i'm my disability is not the be all and end all of my life it does not start and stop with lucy is disabled that is the end of the book let's put it back on the shelf and read another story there is so much more to my life than my four wheels and it's it's you know and there are a lot of things in my life that i wouldn't have if i wasn't disabled i used to work for the bbc i wouldn't have got that job if i wasn't disabled because i got through on a diversity recruitment drive if i wasn't disabled there was no way i would have got that job and had those experiences and met the most fabulous people that i've ever met in my life and felt like i'd achieved something at the tender age of like 21 i've always wanted to work for the bbc and it was my first job out of university and then came the other crisis when i left of what the hell do i do now because for years i've been going i'm gonna i'm gonna work on the telly i'm gonna work on the telly i worked on the telly then i'd stop working on the telly and i was like um what's next once you've then? once you've climbed your mountain what's yeah, yeah. what do you do everything just... after that feels like uh, insignificant exactly so i just sat on top of the mountain for a bit thinking what the hell do i do and then all of a sudden something else comes along you think actually that's quite interesting so it you know i now work in the disability um sector but it's that is not because i am disabled it's because there is an interest there it's not it just so happens that i am also i've got an interest because i am also disabled it's not the be all and end all i also like going to the pub doing pub quizzes i can tell you all sorts of weird knowledge that you think wow do you know why do you know that why has that gone out of your brain and yet you can't remember what time we are meeting for dinner that kind of thing you think what um so there are all sorts of stuff that i really like that is not related to my disability and i just wish sometimes i wish that people understood that 
my disability is not the only thing I want to talk about, says the one says the woman who's got a podcast about disability. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I, it's the the irony is not lost on me <laughs> in that. Um, but we do have other interests, as yeah. I said at the beginning. Me and Lucy were both quite pleased to discover that we're uh, kind of history nerds. So, uh, Luce, did you want to tell our listeners a little bit about how we decided to crowbar that into <laughs> our disability? We'll, 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 we'll make it fit. We'll make it fit. We'll make it fit. <laughs> uh, uh, find, find me an angle. So, yeah, we are. We're going to do a series of periodical episodes. I think they're called, aren't they, Alice? Um, where we um, focus on people from history, so notable figures from history, way of any period, of any time, could be Tudors, Vikings, whatever, uh, who had a disability and who who um, had this great success, but aren't necessarily. Some people you will know they had a disability. Other people, the people on. A, I've got a spreadsheet because I love a spreadsheet of this of of famous people that are well-known famous people from way back that you think did they have a disability oh yeah they had a disability they had some sort of health condition or a disability so we'll be focusing uh, on those episodes about these people with disabilities and who who managed to carve out a career for themselves as scientists politicians you know all these sorts of people who had also got a disability but their disability is never mentioned wouldn't that be great if that when we are no longer here anymore somebody says do you remember that podcast yeah it was uh, hosted by two really mouthy women and nobody ever mentions <laughs> the fact that we are just disabled i don't know, I don't know. no i frequently say to people what i lack in sight i make up for in volume yeah, so exactly. well we'll be focusing on these famous people i think it's going to be really cool because i think it's going to be also a really good opportunity for us to actually look at some of the progress that's been made in disability rights and activism yes and also you know looking at some of the some of the the ways that the media and the press and kind of the public understand and consume images of disabled people and portrayals of of different disabilities and health conditions because you know those those portrayals are so often key to the reproduction of some of the sort of labels and expectations and prejudices Mm. that people with disabilities face every day but i would also love to explore a bit more about you know the famous people that you think i didn't realize you had a disability Mm. how on earth did they manage to get rid of that label how how has society sort of forgotten that Mm. beethoven was deaf Mm. you know or you know that samuel johnson who create created a dictionary had tourette syndrome how how has how have people forgotten that i did not know that he did you just when you say that to me i just think i think stephen fry played him in a in blackadder blackadder yeah (laughs) yeah. <laughs> that's all that's um, all i can think of well because i i live near Litchfield where he was born oh. and his birthplace is like across the road from my 
the pub we go to really so he again but again it was only till it was only recently that somebody's uh, when i read something that was in the pub there was like some memorabilia in the pub and it was like a sign that said samuel johnson was known for claw he had all sorts of disability all sorts of things wrong with him um and tourette syndrome they think was one of them but he would drag himself around town on his hands and knees why has nobody ever mentioned that i'm not expecting blackadder to go oh geez you know he was also disabled like stick him in a wheelchair that kind of thing but even like outside of the whole blackadder thing i would have never have known if it wasn't for the bit of memorabilia in the pub that said he would drag himself around on mm. on his you know shuffle round tower on his hands and knees i would have never have known that and it just makes me wonder how they've got rid of that label how you know it's really interesting you know and it's interesting to hear you talking about how they they got rid of that label and it's, it's hard because obviously if we can't actually interview these people ourselves and it's a shame because i'd love to know you know what was his experience actually during his actual life while he was alive yeah what was his experience you know actually was he known around town for being the guy who dragged himself around mm. and he's now just remembered for his accomplishments because there are people who you know on the flip side of that who have accomplished things or who have done things but are only remembered or largely remembered for their disability or health issues exactly it just makes me it makes me wonder and it's not okay it's not a case of i wish i could get rid of my label because actually i'm all right about being disabled it's fine i'm all right with the cp thing my that label's never really bothered me but it's all it, it is all i wish people i wish sometimes it wasn't the one and the first thing people notice so i've got bright red hair right and i think that is a subconscious decision that if i dye my hair bright red they're not going to notice a chair it's stupid because of course they're going to notice a chair i'm just a woman with bright red hair who is also sat in a wheelchair one of the most offensive things that was ever said about me mm. is also one of the sort of it's almost one of the best things that's ever been said about me. It was back when I was, I'd only just got my dog and it literally the summer that I got her and it was beautifully warm. And so I was wearing this nice, cute floral print dress. And I like a sort of like fifties kind of rockabilly style dress yeah. in the summer. Yeah, yeah. I was walking town and I think I probably had my legs out and shoulders out and I had and I sandals on and I had, my dog with me my beautiful guide dog and um you know bothered to put my face on and stuff like that and I walked I walked past a building site and uh one construction worker said to the other something like oh she, um she heckled something at me like you know you're looking good darling or I'd have a bit of that or yeah. something yeah yeah and his mate said something like um oh yeah so would i and he turned back to him and he went nah you can have the dog <laughs> and yeah. i was hugely offended but i was also a little bit like i mean 
he was so busy objectifying me as a woman that he didn't immediately objectify me as a disabled person. Exactly, exactly. And so it's quite nice for people to be like, you know, look at them tits instead of look at them eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, but it's like, it's, it's so it, it is quite interesting to me. I mean, what have we got to do to not be remembered as the disabled person with bright red hair? Have I got to create the next version of the dictionary? or invent the next Facebook or, you know, invent mm. the coronavirus vaccine. Because I can mm. guarantee if I did any of those things, I'd be like, oh, yeah, do you remember that girl, Lucy? Yeah. It's just really interesting to me. I think it is really interesting. And I think that our listeners will find it really interesting. And I just, I want to put that message out there as well to our listeners. If there's anybody that you want us to do a dive into for a history episode it doesn't even have to be ancient you know history i've been looking at people from the 19th and 20th century um if there is anybody you'd like to hear us hear about then please or if you're an expert on someone get in touch we'd love to hear from you we would we are working at getting an expert in just to sort of sit with us and go yeah that's right and offer a little bit more insight i think somebody there to go no, the Second World War wasn't 1827. <laughs> yes. How stupid are you two? Um, <laughs> yeah, we, are we like history, that. but we can't, we can't actually, we're not actually historians. Not we're both, yeah, <laughs> both, both sort of moderately successful media graduates. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we know where our strengths and weaknesses are. So, we're going to <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so that's what, that is the other side of the um podcast again which i think brings an another new dimension and we've made it fit it works it's fine it works it's all right yeah i mean you know we haven't we haven't gone into uh you know disability aspect of like nail art no i think that would be a bit of a stretch yeah <laughs> and i mean there and there are some really cool like publications out there that already do uh disability fashion and stuff like that mm -hmm. I just I like bright colours because I can actually see them. So, I, basically, <laughs> I basically like drawing attention to myself. So bright red hair, bright red colours, not bright red colours, just any colour that's bright will do me. Thank you very much. I'm a big, I love eyelash extensions because when I put mascara on, I just can't see well enough to not end up smudging it everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So eyelash extensions, I love it. I get up in the morning, I throw some water on my face, I drag a brush through my hair and it's like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> you are awesome. so lucky. You are so lucky. I've I got miss, miss my eyelash extensions so much. This has been the worst thing about coronavirus is like, like, cause all my waxing and stuff like that, I can manage that myself on my own. Yeah. Not necessarily to as high quality a level as the wonderful ladies who do it for me regularly, but I can get rid of my mono brow and that little bit on my top lip. Mm. But I miss my eyelashes that just made me feel so pretty and human. When, when they put us into lockdown for the second time, my hairdresser, who again is also a friend of mine, because um, I've known him years, bless him, he, my hair was due on the Friday after we were meant to be going lockdown on the Thursday and he moved me to the Monday. Aww. So he goes, yes, I'll get you in before you go. He goes, but don't tell anybody because otherwise it'll, everybody will kick off. So I've just told everyone on a podcast, but it's been and gone now. I was so just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But I was like, do I have, yeah, that's fine. Do I have to like come in wearing a paper bag over my head so they can't tell it to me? I was like, don't. <laughs> yes, because they're never going to be like, oh, who's the lady in the wheelchair with the paper bag <laughs> over her head? Just drawing attention to myself again. There's, really. there's conspicuous if I ever fucking saw it. Yeah, cons- I haven't got conspicuous in my dictionary at all. So, um, yeah, not very good at being a shy retiring type. Yeah, I think there's. There is part of, you know, growing up with a disability is that you have to get used to sticking your neck out and sticking your hand up and asking for help a lot. And you can do that in a shy way. And I'm not sort of judging anybody who chooses to do it in a shy way or in a more retiring, polite way. But I've never been that kind of person. I think even if I been sighted i'd have been a gobby cow i'm just i think it's extra because i'm also i have always been aware not that i tend to notice it these days but i am always aware that people are staring at me and when i was a kid i used to say to my mom when i noticed it when i was a kid when i was growing up and i mean like a little kid so like six ish i'd often catch people like looking because my mom would carry me when I was six. I was able to be carried. I was light enough to be carried. And so, so when you're carrying a six-year-old, sometimes it's like, what are they carrying that six-year-old for? I've got a VI friend whose daughter's got CP. Right. And so she, her daughter, I think is five or six now. And she has to, she carries her daughter whilst working her dog. I think the looks, I know. It's, I, I was like, what are you doing? Saddle for the dog. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Um, Surely that solves everybody's problem. Oh, like a little truck thing that you can attach yeah, to like the Yeah, like a sled. Dog. Yes. Yeah. Both sit in it. Yes. 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 Um, but no, apparently, guide, both guide dogs and sort of ch- child protection people um, tend to, to frown on that sort of thing. Uh, so that's our application for Dragon's Den. Uh, pretty niche market as well i don't see yeah how many of these units have you sold how many units of this have you sold uh five i was going to say the venn diagram for people for parents (laughs) who are visually impaired with children with mobility needs is i mean it's probably a reasonable number of people but it's not (laughs) so i have i have always been conscious of the fact that people stare at me and look at me funny and some days i don't notice it at all other days it's like they're gawping at me and i'm thinking what are you looking at and then i realize i've dyed my hair bright red and i think oh yeah maybe it's that um so i when i was a teenager i decided if they were going to stare at me i was going to give them something to stare at do you know what i mean um and so i've sort of made a rod for my own back really and when i was my in my teenage years i did used to have this very short hair and a quiff that we would dye all sorts of colors i'll have to show you a photo because even i can't believe that i had a quiff because my forehead is huge what were you doing instagram and also i had a fat face very fat face i've lost a lot of weight during this lockdown um but my my face was it was far fatter than it is now when I was a teenager and I had this quiff and a massive forehead and a fat face um but people would stop me and go I really like your hair your hair is really cool and then I decided to grow my hair um 
and people sort of stop going, yeah, it's really cool. They just sort of look at it from a distance. Um, my PA who works with me, she's a friend of mine, she will often, when I say, oh, look, look, they're staring at me, look, they're staring at me. And she goes, have you ever thought to yourself, Lucy, that they could be staring at you because you've got nice eye makeup on or your hair looks really nice or they're looking at your nice T-shirt or your nice trousers. They could be looking at anything else other than your wheelchair and yet you think they're staring at you because you're in a wheelchair. And I'm like, well, yeah, because it's the most obvious thing of the lot. Do you know what I mean? Look at that line, mm. that woman's nice trousers. Oh, she's also in a wheelchair. It's not what's happening. Or no. it's usually the other way around. And I know that. So, but I don't tend to notice it. My friends notice it far more than I do. My best friend, he'll go, look, they're staring at you. And I'm like, just leave it. Just, just, just leave it. Just leave it. Leave it alone. It's fine. I'm not bothered. Uh, why are they staring at you? I don't know why they're staring at me. We all really knew why they're, why they're staring at me. But I just haven't got time to sort of sit there and, like, stare back at them. I'm not doing a staring competition. See, I I can't see well enough usually to tell when someone is staring at me. But I also can't really see well enough to, if I am sitting near somebody and they've got, like, a really sort of strong pattern or something on their t-shirt i also can't really see well enough to just look at it in a glance yeah so i quite often stare at people's chests and bellies and stuff for like minutes right. until my brain has had enough time to process what i'm seeing and i go oh it's a tiger <laughs> And then I just then I carry on. Well, with my that's eyes. funny. It's like a magic eye thing, right? I can yeah. never do that. I can never do magic eyes situation. Well, I, I yeah, obviously. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I could never do. I could never. I could never do them. Anyway, um, but yeah. So so the, the staring thing. I don't tend to do. Well, my mom always used to say when I was growing up. I'd go, Mommy, why are they staring at me? And she goes, because you're beautiful. And I knew that it wasn't because I was beautiful. That was my mom's spin on it. I mean, my mom thinks I'm beautiful regardless. I could look like a bag of spanners. And my mom goes, you're still beautiful, though, because you're my daughter. You came from me. Um, whereas I always knew it wasn't that I was beautiful. It was because I was different. So, yes, that's basically labelled in a nutshell. That is our aims and goals very large rambly um, nutshell very large <laughs> hour and a half's worth of a of of a large rambly nutshell and um, that yeah, is our what... editor's going to have his work cut out yeah before. sorry adam um <laughs> but the, that's what we want to do with the podcast that's what we are aiming to do we hope that along the way we gain a few followers who like who would like to be part of our gang and listen regularly if you'd like to become a guest on the podcast alice would you like to give the details yeah absolutely so if you do want to be part of our gang you uh, can visit our website which is www.labeledpodcast.co.uk don't forget that's labeled spelt l-a-b-l-e-d labled so yeah head over to labelpodcast.co.uk for our guest sign up form uh we're also going to be putting some information up there about a gofundme because at the moment we have been paying for all of our startup costs ourselves mm -hmm. uh so it would be really nice to be able to fund this podcast uh and 
keep being able to do it so yeah head over to our website and uh loose do you want to tell people about the social medias yep you can find us on social medias uh, our handles for um everything so that's twitter facebook and instagram are labeled podcast so we're all on there um if um you have any feedback there's a uh, a comment form on our website that will take you straight through to our email address which is labeledpodcast at gmail.com yeah so you can always email us straight out if you'd rather if that's more accessible to you we're also going to have transcriptions of every episode for those who can't necessarily listen to a podcast straight off the bat um, so there will be full transcriptions of each episode alongside um, each release of a new episode um, so please feel free to subscribe, share and talk about us to your friends. We want to get as many listeners behind us as we possibly can. Rate, review and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, subscribing and reviewing and rating is really important, particularly for new podcasts. It tells other people about us. Uh, even if you don't like us, leave us a five-star review and then just never listen again. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Uh but if you don't like us, pretend you do and tell all of your friends how great we are. Uh, and yeah, we're we're going to be looking for guests. We're going to be putting some call outs for guests for uh, some sort of themed episodes and stuff we're going to do. So, yeah, we really look forward to hearing from you guys. Do get in touch. Uh, I think I think we're done for our first episode, Lucy. I think so. Should we go and have a cup of tea? Oh, definitely. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.